Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving week. I hope you're taking good care of your body, your soul, and surrounding yourself with little rituals and practices that really remind you what's important to you and what makes you feel good. Things can come up when you're around family. That's normal. I think Ram Das has a good quote on it. Here it goes. Here's the quote by Ram Das. If you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. Yeah, totally. So this week's episode is an incredible reminder to slow down, especially if you are like someone like me who loves their work and has a really hard time taking a day off and setting boundaries with just completely switching off and going inwards. Right now, I don't know if it's something in the stars or in the moon, but I'm on this wave of nonstop creation. I've been staying up super late creating new YouTube content. So much of it is coming up. I am stoked to be sharing it. Just this week, I shared a new video where I talk about the four questions that really helped me find my purpose. So I'm not saying, hey, I'm not saying I figured it all out, but those four questions really just helped me reconnect to what's important to me. And I learned them on a retreat in Bali, a Lead with Love retreat. And if you're curious what those questions are, definitely their amazing journaling prompts or just meditation prompts. So check out my channel. It's Xenia Breakfast Criminals on YouTube and say hi over there in comments. So this week's episode guest is Chloe Elgar. She is a psychic, intuitive healer, and a spiritual teacher. She is known as Chloe's Countertop on Instagram and started her journey as a food blogger and a holistic nutritionist. She comes from the background of experiencing pain and trauma around her and her parents. And because of the overwhelm she experienced as a young child that was also very connected to spirit, she ended up experiencing severe eating disorders, depression, and body suffering. It was this pain that became the catalyst for her to start working as a holistic nutritionist and healer. And more recently, she has pivoted her work to be a full-time psychic and healer, not without reminders from the universe to really grant herself a permission to take a pause. We're going to be covering that in the episode. And Chloe shares a really interesting background to her business pivot as well and how it really took connecting to her intuition how it took setting boundaries with social media and with working, how it took redefining her relationship with money, and the courage that it takes to be aware when you are not in alignment. You know, from the outside, her career looked so successful. She was this successful and known holistic nutritionist working in Canada and in Dubai. And on the inside, something was just not clicking in. So in this super real conversation, she shares how she came to realize that something needed to be changed, how she found the courage to do it. She also shares about her experience going on a writing retreat with Elizabeth Gilbert and Cheryl Strayed. I mean, that sounds like a dream. I love Elizabeth Gilbert so much. 
She also shares about her work with horses and what healing effect that has had on her. And in the end, we also get to defining what being witchy means in this modern culture. If any of this conversation resonates with you, say hi to us on Instagram at WokeUnWired. I'm going to be reposting all the screenshots of you listening. I love hearing your takeaways. And I would really appreciate if you just take a few seconds to pause this podcast before we get into the conversation and go and subscribe to Woke and Wired on iTunes app. If you have an extra moment, leave a review and a rating. Everything counts. And I so appreciate you tuning into this. I appreciate you being here. Lots of incredible episodes coming up in the coming weeks and in the new year as well. Thank you again for being here. I'm grateful for you. Have a fantastic week and I'll be hearing you in a week. New episode drops every Thursday. Okay, guys, I have Chloe Elgar here from Canada. Guest from a previous episode, actually. Ashley Wood introduced us. And then we connected over Skype, and I just knew in that conversation that there's a lot to be brought here on the podcast and share with all of you. So, Chloe, I'm stoked to have you here and talk about all the transformations you're going through, your pivoting, your rebranding, and all the things you're learning along the way. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ksenia. It's so good to be here and to yeah connect at this time. <laughs> it's obviously perfect. Um, and I'm excited to kind of explore what shows up today. <laughs> so the first thing that's showing up is your Instagram bio. Mm. I'm going to read your Instagram bio out loud, and you're going to explain what it is that you actually do sound good. Sure. So Chloe Elgar, at Chloe's Countertop, if you guys want to look it up and follow along. Hashtag intuitive guide psychic, connecting you to the deepest truth of who you are. Book a psychic reading in September. And a little arrow to your website. So your name is Chloe's Countertop. And a lot of the things in the bio have to do with being an intuitive psychic. So what's going on and what what do you actually do, Chloe? What does Countertop have to do with it? Wow, I love it. This is perfect. So it's interesting because Chloe's Countertop, I started the brand and business just over, yeah, almost six years ago. And when I started that, I was just graduated as a holistic nutritionist and just come kind of come out of a healing journey around an eating disorder and really destructive and painful relationship with my body. So Chloe's countertop kind of came through because I love just having really authentic, honest, natural conversations. And I found that tend to happen in the kitchen while you're cooking or, you know, creating a meal for someone. It find it, I always would find that when you're sitting in the kitchen and sitting at the countertop, people tend to just unleash their soul to you and share all of their truths. So that was kind of how Chloe's countertop became. And for five years, it was like the love of my life. I worked as a holistic nutritionist. I worked with a lot of women and men around eating disorders and body image struggles and stories, and really just kind of connecting them to at that point for me, what was the truth of who they are. And so, you know, it's just like working with psychology and holistic nutrition to get to the root of why they were having issues or pain mm-hmm. around food in their body. That kind of carried on for five years. And it was just two years ago where 
I went through another transformation in my life and began to step deeper into the work as a psychic and intuitive. So I, as a kid, was really sensitive and empathic ever since I was a little girl. And, you know, to the point that growing up in Malaysia, my, we used to have maids, which is very normal in Malaysia, <laughs> as expat children. And we had a lot of Indian maids and they would actually that we had like a, a round where they continued to quit because I was, they were, they were scared of me and they actually like thought that I was doing really like kind of black magic work because I was having lots of really intense night terrors at night and like speaking to spirits and whatnot in my room. So what? how old were you? Oh, I was like three, That's four, crazy. five. Yeah. Like as a little kid, it was really like, it was just out there. What were your but parents thinking about all of this? My dad just thought that it was like strange, but cute. You know, my dad is really interesting. Even when I had eating disorders, he was like, oh, you know, it's just one of those things that Chloe's going through. <sighs> he kind of like blocked it, but didn't, you know, I don't think he really let himself get impacted by it. My mom, it's really interesting because, you know, she's naturally also really psychic. She has been really spiritual her whole life, but blocked it a lot of her life, really sensitive. She even has a birthmark literally right across her left eye and, you know, have done, she's done some sessions with different healers and done past life stuff around it being like a branding of her being a witch. So it's been in the family, but for her, she was also really blocked. So it, it made her really uncomfortable. Like she didn't know really what to do about it. Like she would just be there for me. But, you know, that's also like 20 years ago. It was really something that was not like nowadays it's starting to be something where kids are coming like parents are embracing their kids being sensitive but at that time you know my mom just tried to love me and also saw it as like a phase because seeing her me like that also made her think about what she was like as a kid which mm. she herself off from because she didn't have support as well so yeah, so I, w I was really I was really intense as a as a as a little girl, but also like really joyous and loving and like loved being happy, laughing all the time, but also just like crying a lot and experiencing a lot of pain. So after a certain period of time, you know, my my parents were really emotionally and sometimes like physically abusive with each other. So I have always been really like wanting everyone to be happy and taking care of everyone. So after a certain period of time, I just had to, you know, unconsciously block everything because it just became too much to bear. Mm -hmm. I just remember when I was little, you know, I get, I got to a point when I was like 10, 11, 12, where I just started to feel really sad a lot and in pain. And so it eventually turned into, you know, the energy had to go somewhere. So it, it eventually manifested into eating disorders and really severe body stuff and really destructive you know, like self-harming behaviors that kind of stuck with me until probably 22, 23 years old at, at varying ranges. So where are you at with this now with, with body stuff and your relationship with your body? Honestly, it's like, it's kind of crazy to look at it. I, I was talking about, with, about this with a friend the other day. It's like seeing another person, you know, and I, and I, this is kind of something that I come to notice with myself and with clients is that we all go through varying stages of change and evolution. And sometimes we, we really do transform and become different people. So for myself now, like with my body, I really do see my body as 
like the physical vessel of that I'm living this life in. I love it. I feel so I feel connected to it, but not in the way that I'm attached to it or that it dictates any form of how I feel about myself. Like it's just this this being that I live with, which is insane to even hear myself say because for a large part of my life it was the thing that caused me the most pain point that sometimes I wanted to end my life because of my body Mm. so it's it's really interesting to see how that intensity can you know transform but also to see what happens to the human mind when it's not when it's running in the other direction of of like not facing like what I say, the truth of who you are. So for me, I was constantly doing everything in my, I could possibly do in order to not face what I was not wanting to be with, which was love and fear and pain and all of the emotions that I had been pushing down since I was little and even, you know, before then. So (laughs) when you were sharing Chloe's countertop, around the subject of food and coming together using food were you still going through your body image issues were you like on the path of healing and sort of sharing it with people as you were going through it or was it something more private at the time yeah no I was really I was really it's really interesting because Chloe's countertop everything in my life it's so funny it feels very like unplanned and just naturally created so Chloe's countertop started because I was getting toward I was just nearing the end of my holistic nutrition certification. So I was like two months away from graduating. And all of a sudden it was like stuff was coming like this. There was this rise of energy where I would like wake up in the middle of the night and just like literally run to my desk and start writing. And I would just, it was like this thing had awoken within me. And so I started to write and write and write and, and, you know, overnight just created a blog without a name it's actually pretty funny. Like I, like part of my personality is that when I feel really excited about something, I'm super intense. And I feel like you're like this too. And it just like, it gets created like within 10 hours or 12 hours. So I, one night I woke up, wrote so many words. Like, I think it was something like 4,000 words. And then the next morning I messaged my brother who at the time was a graphic designer. And I was like, you need to meet me for coffee tomorrow. We need to, I need to create a brand. Like I need to create a blog and you need to help me. So we like went to a cafe in Vancouver, which I still go to sometimes. And we like sat and scribbled down all of these words together, like Chloe's kitchen, Chloe's, you know, like all of these different things. And then Chloe's countertop just felt right. And then I created the blog that day. And just started to share. And it was it was partly like an awakening from within, but it was also the excitement that studying holistic nutrition had opened up within me to begin to feel excited about food. But I was also really vulnerable and like very open about what I was experiencing. And I think that that was kind of the thing that was the, the essence of Chloe's countertop, especially from the very beginning, was that I was just sharing. I wasn't trying to teach anyone. I wasn't trying to like tell anyone what to do. I was just really like sharing my heart and people were really like very quickly responding to that and finding themselves in in what I was writing. So So how did you know, first of all, yes, I confirmed that I'm dressed as intense. (laughs) I come up with an idea to create a blog or project and I wake up in the middle of the night and I go by the domain and create the WordPress. Totally. Like it needs to happen right now. If I am called to go to Bali, I'm going and buying a ticket right now. And if it makes no sense in the moment, 
So yes, I totally feel you. But what I'm curious about is, you know, that idea came to you, you were guided to do it. But did you already have a knowledge of how to create a blog, how the social media world works, how to translate your ideas and your visions into the language of online? Or did you just sort of learn it one step at a time? Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I was honestly like, I mean, it's not that I wasn't in the world. Like, obviously, I was in on Facebook through university. And like, I had an Instagram account, but it was, you know, like one post every month and of something random. So I had no, I had no, I've never, never had started a blog before. But and this is also something like, this is something I always talk about. Like, I believe that we come into this world with everything that we need to be who we are and do the work that we need to do. So for myself, talking a lot about personality, like I'm intense and I also am really good as I go and teaching myself and not like not stopping. Like it's like full speed ahead, fire, 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 like mm. an obstacle, move around it. And so that was really helpful for me because and also another thing with me with personality is that I'm a perfectionist in some ways and then in other ways I'm really not so I didn't really care if the blog didn't look great at first and now when I look back I'm like wow it really looks terrible and I didn't care that my Instagram didn't look good because all I cared about was that I needed I felt this very strong guidance and just like it was like an unavoidable wave of desire that I had to get these words out and I needed to put them somewhere I had to share them and at what point did it start landing with other people and resonated to a, to a degree where you realized, whoa, this is something that I can actually be doing more seriously? It was really fast because I started to share it on my Facebook page very quickly, friends and friends of friends, because, you know, I think this is something for me, especially is that I, when I was in high school, I was suffering in silence. Like I really closed myself off and I'm really like a social person and and nowadays really open but I when I look back I realized that I was actually so closed and so isolated and pushing everyone away right so and and at the time I remember being angry like my friends aren't here for me no one cares about me but when I look at it now I can see I basically pushed everyone away and and you know put like swords at my gates and was like don't you dare come knocking on my door because I'll destroy you like I didn't want anyone to come in because I was pushing love away so intensely so when I all of a sudden started posting these blogs on Facebook it was like people were like oh my gosh like I can't believe that you know this she was feeling this or I feel this too and so it just kind of really naturally became this thing and to be honest like I honestly never even it didn't really connect like the dots didn't even really connect that I, this was something that I was going to do as a job until I was actually doing it as a job and like realized oh like I'm doing this as a job I was really unconscious like I graduated from from my holistic nutrition school and then you know really quickly I started getting catering like I just and this was when I was still really you know not really connected to my alignment not really aware of what was going on so I was saying yes to everything so I was catering like events and weddings because people saw my posts with my recipes and they were like hey do you cater events and I'd be like yes and mm -hmm. so I was catering massive tech like uh, tech startup events and I catered a wedding in Calgary which is like an 11 hour drive from here for like 60 people you know had personal wow. clients it was it was crazy <laughs> so so you sounds like it became a full-time business right yes very quickly <laughs> 
And from there on, how did it pivot into what you're doing now? So, I mean, for a couple of years, I did that. I was kind of in and out, though. Like, I was doing that full speed, full steam ahead for about a year. And then I realized that I was not taking care of myself and had started to step into a pattern of destruction again. Like, I was not eating enough and I was kind of, I was partying on the side. So, it wasn't feeling alignment. So I actually like stopped everything and fled to Dubai for a couple months to see my dad. He lived in Dubai. And that kind of started, that happened for me a couple times where I would like get really intense, dive into it, immerse in it, get sick or get out of a fall out of alignment and then need to go and, and reset. So that kind of happened a couple times over the course of three years. And I lived in Dubai for a little bit. And then it wasn't until I returned back to Vancouver and found my foundation and started to do work and connected with my medical intuitive teacher and start to do more work on myself that this, my business really started to shift and change because I started to realize like I wasn't facing what was going on. I was looking outside of myself and getting approval and finding my worth and what I was doing. And that, you know, would take me on a really dangerous path because I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't eat properly. And also, you know, my money relationship was really destructive. Everything was still out of alignment, even though it seemed like I was in alignment because I was a holistic nutritionist and, and I was helping people and I was cooking really great food, but it was like, there was really opposite situation happening where I was taking care of everyone else, but I was not being taken care of. So that's a really interesting thing to start to notice and recognize. So that's a big topic that keeps coming up over and over in an episode with Megan Moon and Evan Rock. It also comes up. We just talked about it yesterday. So interesting how, you know, there's more and more opportunity now to be a person who is of service to others, who empowers others. But the truth is, if we don't take the time to take care of ourselves first, then we won't have a full vessel and the kind of capacity and presence to really hold that space for others. And honestly, that's the intentionality behind everything I do with Breakfast Criminals of really inspiring people to love themselves first in the morning, first thing in the day. And I think it's such a big reminder. And I also think it takes a lot of courage to face that you're out of alignment. In a recent episode with Rockstar Shaman, Ellison Charles, she was really open and honest and just like so incredible because she was saying how you know everyone knew me as this media person and I was a top athlete and a top hip-hop DJ or VJ whatever that is radio host there we go but the truth is I've been out of alignment the whole time and I'm just finding myself and I'm curious well you know what did it take for you to realize that you were out of alignment and what were the actions and the steps that you took after realizing that that you knew were going to bring you towards alignment? Such a good question. And I think it's such a huge topic, especially in this space, because it feels like, the, you know, it's like the concept of the world is waking up. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day with the, the fire, the forest fires that were happening, that are happening and have been happening in North America. It's like you see the map of the fires. It just feels like mother nature is starting to like yell at us to, wake up and do the work and take care of each other and, and, um, you know, respond to her, to her guidance. And I think it's really important that we 
take that guidance and, and, you know, not step into fear or like step into the unconsciousness by like getting into the fear of what that message means or like the story of what it means that it's so devastating that the fires are happening. Right. It's like really looking at the message. So for myself, like I didn't realize for a long time I, and you know, that story you just shared, it really resonates because I had created a really like a pretty great image of myself in Vancouver and in Dubai as like a really, a really successful holistic nutritionist that, you know, had a great brand. And it was difficult to face that maybe that wasn't all alignment and that I had to actually like completely pull away from it and stop a lot of it in order to go into a deeper place in my own journey so that I could show up and do the work. Um, And I think that that's something, you know, I think that a lot of empaths and healers and people that want to help there. It's, it's just about telling yourself the truth and being honest with yourself about where that desire is coming from. Like I always find, you know, for me, I used to always put everyone's needs ahead of myself because that was how I felt good. And also because I loved to love people, but it would always, it, a lot of the time it would be at the detriment of myself where I would be compromised as a result, right? So it's like if I had money and my someone needed money, I would give them money and then I'd be like, oh shit, I need the money now. So mm-hmm. there would, you know, it's just it's just looking at that all the time and seeing how much of you are you giving and how much of you are you actually allowing yourself to take. So for me when I started last last April, I started really diving into the work as a psychic and intuitive healer. And I really quickly made the shift. Like I basically was working as the holistic nutritionist, working as an intuitive. And then I went and did my certification as a mind, body, spirit coach and practitioner and the psychic work. And then just like immediately stepped into that work. And so at first it was really great and super exciting. But of course, what came with that is that I had to go through my own transformation and expansion and evolution of what that work actually embodied for me. Like having to realize that I had blocked myself from what that was since I was 10 years old. And then all of a sudden I'm like diving into it and supporting other people in that journey. So what ended up happening for me is that again, standard Chloe personality went full (laughs) head. And in October of last year, like I hosted a retreat, a psychic retreat. I went and did a facilitation for a horse, horse facilitation therapy coaching I went on a writer's retreat with my mom to California with Cheryl Strait and Elizabeth Gilbert. And then, what? yeah, I want to hear more about that. Once you've completed oh, yeah. what you're saying, we can tap, tap, tap into that. And mm-hmm. then at the very end of October for Sawen, a girlfriend of mine and I hosted our witchery dinner here in Vancouver. And it was the largest one we had ever done for like 120 people. And it was massive. So that was all in October. Wow. I remember my mentor, I was talking to her and she was like, that's a lot. Like in September, she was kind of like, you know, planting some, some seeds of hints. Like that's quite a busy October. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I loved it. I loved feeling busy and I loved, it's like proving to the world that I could do it, proving to myself that I could do it. And at the end of October, like at the, the night of the witchery, I literally like, I got home and I was done. Like I was flat blind. I had nothing else to give. And even more than that, I was resentful. 
And so that's a really good indication that something wasn't right and I wasn't in balance. And so I, again, did a similar thing to my pattern before where I like shut everything down. You know, like I still had my clients, but I said no to any more events. I said no to any more collaborations. I stopped recording my podcast. And then my husband and I had planned a trip to Bali for the month of December. So I went to Bali and I just like took care of myself and started to go through the motions of what it meant to stop, which was not easy. And then I came back in January, hoping that I would be excited to say yes to things and restart my podcast and doing all this stuff. But I got back and it was like, nope, you're, I couldn't do it. Like I tried to, I would try to schedule podcast interviews and like would, they would get rescheduled or I would reschedule them. And basically for the next couple months, like I had to sleep, like I was still working with clients, but I was sleeping like so much sleep that it was, I, I like couldn't believe it. I'm like, how am I still sleeping? Um, so, and, and also, you know, I'm part of that was that I, I was like processing and integrating all of the stuff that I had delayed for so long. You know, I sometimes call it like the spiritual knockout. It's like I was knocked out so that. I could, the work needed to, that needed to be done within my being could be done and I had to let it happen. So, so that, you know, when it wasn't easy because my mind hated it, like my mind, you know, I stepped into the stories of like, you're a failure, you're not doing a good job. You know, people are going to wonder what's going on. People are going to forget about you. All of the nonsense that goes on in your head, you know, that to pull you away from actually what this rest meant was to be in expansion and to step into stretching and alignment. But it meant So what actually happened? Did people yeah. forget about you? <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> but I think that it was I think the big thing for me was just to it it's difficult in the moment to let yourself like to trust that you, what you're feeling guided to do is the right guidance in that moment because the fear is always going to come up around where you, you the way that like what you attach your identity to or how you, where you prove your worth or where you believe that like what people you believe that people think about you so yeah and and I started to kind of get back into it in in March and felt resist like I felt like I, sh I it wasn't time and then like I got hit by a car wow. <laughs> I was I was leaving a coffee meeting and I got hit by a car. And so I had to stay in bed again for like another two weeks. And that was when I was like, okay, I get it. I mean, and so it's like, you know, hopefully you don't have to get hit by a car in order to get the message. But it was just like, I really needed to stop so that I could see what was really going on for myself. Wow. So... And with that big transition, first of all, acknowledge your courage to take that time to slow down. It sounds mm -hmm. like you really weren't left with any other options. <laughs> and hopefully most of you guys listening, if you do feel anything like your body telling you, your emotional body, spiritual body, your physical body telling you you need to take a break, do it now. Don't wait until something bad happens. So that's an incredibly important thing just to, to let ourselves rest and let the guidance arise if it's not clear. And I'm curious in terms of, you know, you pivoted your business and with that, you stopped doing your podcast and how has the pivot been on social media? Because I know from personal experience that when you switch your account handle or kind of switch the direction of your content, then 
people can react differently. So what was your experience with that shift? It's funny because it's, well, I mean, when I started doing more psychic intuitive work, that was when I noticed that for sure there was a shift. Like I, my, you know, my numbers went down. I got a lot of messages from people asking for recipes and food for a while. And so I think that was a little bit, it felt a little bit difficult in some moments, but after that, honestly, it just kind of stopped. It stopped me. It, it, it didn't matter anymore because when I remembered why it was that I started it in the first place, you know, I, it just, it just connected me back to that. Why, which is that it's all for my own expansion, right? Like that was why I started Chloe's countertop in the first place was so that I could have somewhere to express and discover and explore what was going on inside. And so it's still that, like, my, especially for my Instagram. I mean, it's so funny because nowadays it feels like everyone's writing really long captions. I used to do that like six years ago and people would be like, my brother would always be like, you can't do that. It's not good. Brand. <laughs> no one's going to like it too much. So, but that's always been my, my thing. Cause I, I tend to write and talk a lot if you haven't already noticed. So it's just like, for me, that was when I connected back to that, I realized like, it doesn't matter. And with the podcast, whenever, you know, it was the same thing. Like I, I just felt like that was something I really learned this past year is if it doesn't resonate with you doing it is crazy mm. because you're, it's not like, it's not going to be it's going to impact your energy. Like what you allow into your energy has a really big, like it has a really big impact. And something that I really noticed and something I noticed with my clients is the more that you step into your work and connect to your divine self and connect to the truth of who you are, the faster your body, your being responds to when you step out of alignment. And you know, that was what I, with me getting hit by the car, I mean, it was a tap, I was knocked, but I was, it wasn't like really extreme injuries or anything. And it really felt like spirit being like, excuse me, mm. <laughs> like pay attention. And so for me, I noticed that like immediately for me when now, when I, when I've, when I've said yes to something that, you know, I, I knew I wanted to say no to, or if I feel some form of split energy where my mind is not agreeing with my spirit self, I feel it immediately in my body. Like I get tired very quickly now as soon as I've stepped out of alignment and so I think it's actually such an amazing blessing because it's it's that deeper connection with your body and yourself so that you basically are still enough to listen to the messages and hear them immediately so that you can continue to go on your way in a, in the in on the path that is supportive of who you are so with the podcast it just it felt very easy when I stopped putting up the fight it's like why would I keep doing something that clearly isn't lighting me up right now? And when I stopped it, you know, I just recently launched a new offering called Live with Chloe, which is a online virtual workshop. And that's, I just had the first call yesterday and it's like, oh my gosh, this is what was waiting to come through, you know, by me trusting the guidance to say no to the podcast. Mm. And come on podcast like yours. <laughs> So, okay, you're psychic. You got very clear messages from the universe through your body on what's in alignment and what's not. Awesome. What about regular people who are not psychics? How, how do we 
connect to that alignment, what are some things that you maybe know from experience, from working with clients? How do we make that reality check to make sure we're in alignment, whether it's about making major life decisions or relationships or business or what we post on Instagram? Mm. I mean, everyone, you know, everyone says everyone is intuitive. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely true. I think one thing that's really interesting is that like, I think we've, we've almost externalized the concept of intuition now that it's something that our minds complicate. So we're like, intuition, what is it? How do I do it? How do I connect to it? And already when you're doing that, you're, you're doing the opposite, right? So I, I understand that we all have our mind voice, which is like the voice of judgment, analysis, criticism, comparison, good, bad, right, wrong. And then we also have our intuitive voice, our soul voice, which is like connection, wisdom, um, love, joy, excitement. And we both, we all have, both of you, but all of us have both voices. When we're younger, mo- generally generally speaking, the, the intuitive voice is the loudest. So the volume of the intuitive voice when we're younger is gonna be the loudest. The mind voice starts to get louder when we begin to become human, when we start to go to school and we get graded and we learn about standing out and, you know, we just become conditioned, we learn to put more weight and focus on that mind voice. And so it starts to get louder, right? So it's not that everyone doesn't have that intuitive voice. They do. And it's not that it's not constantly going. It's just that the mind voice is louder. The volume is higher. And so you can't always hear it. So every single person on this planet, by stopping and slowing down, this is why mindfulness is so huge, is because what it does is it gives you the opportunity to turn the volume down with the mind voice so that you can begin to hear your intuitive voice. And I think the biggest thing here is to really try to not complicate the intuitive voice. Like I think sometimes we make it so difficult by trying to, you know, it's like when, when psychics first start to practice as a psychic and they learn about all of their clairs, which is obviously things that they all work with already. A lot of the times I've noticed myself and other psychics have issues with clair audience because they're waiting for the moment where they hear someone speak into their ear, but not everyone is going to receive clair audience in that way. Sometimes clair audience is just like hearing another voice in your head or it's through your voice, right? So it's just like, I think we sometimes complicate things in our mind voice. And by doing that, we distance how far we separate it from ourselves. So I think one thing, a tool with like building that intuitive voice is to pay attention to how you feel in your body, just noticing your emotions. Because with emotions, they're always gonna be your internal guidance system to understanding what's going on inside of you. And when you're experiencing a, an, a higher vibrational emotion, so like happiness, joy, excitement, that's usually an indication that you're in alignment. So your mind voice and your intuitive voice, your soul voice are in agreement. When you're experiencing a lower vibrational emotion, so like sadness, anger, frustration, resentment, that's usually an indication that your mind voice and your soul voice are in disagreement. And so you're out of alignment, you're in split energy. So. The emotional connection is so huge. That is your intuition already by like starting there, starting with the body. And that for me was the biggest practice and what created the biggest shift because as soon as I went into my head to try to understand everything, 
the chance of being able to really connect to my intuition was a lot more difficult because it, the mind is amazing and can be really, you know, really great at hijacking situations and confusing you or making you feel lost or unsure or stuck. So it's like whenever you're in that place where you feel like you don't know the answer or you can't figure out what's right or wrong, right or wrong decision, that's an indication that you're in your mind voice and you want to just like completely drop it 100%. Go take a nap, go have a bath, go listen to some music and dance, you know, go have sex (laughs) and come back to it in a time when you feel good, when you're feeling in alignment. And that's intuition. Like it really is that simple. You know, I think there's also something to be said about how sometimes I know also from my experience, pretty much probably that comes up every day, sometimes something may seem like it's out of alignment, but actually it's just fear. And it's the fear of this next level expansion and taking that next step. So for me, the exercise I've been taking on is really feeling into, is this not aligned or is it just the small voice that's trying to keep me small? that is scared of my enormous expansion. And it's interesting, you know, for me, it really takes creating that space and being with myself. And also a lot of times I find that reaching out for support in my friend group, calling someone that I really trust and love and sharing it and and them holding space. And when I say it out loud, it just all clears up so quickly. And my intuitive voice just like becomes so loud, it overpowers everything. Yeah, I love that. So I want to go back before we forget to the Elizabeth Gilbert retreat. <laughs> Tell yeah. us more. So I've actually, I three, must have been three or four years ago, I went to Greece actually um, in July to do a two-week writers, writing retreat with Cheryl Strayed for, yeah, for two weeks with a group of, I think it was like 40 people. So, and, you know, I've, I've like always had this book in me that I wanted to write. And so, and I... I read Wild and it was right when Wild had come out and I was just really impacted by her story. So I built this really, I built this connection with Cheryl. She became one of my favorite teachers. And so, yeah, when I saw that she was teaching a retreat at 1440 Multiversity, which is really great. Oh my gosh, so many great spiritual teachers and people are going there now to teach workshops. You should check it out. Wait, that sounds so familiar. What is that? It's, I mean, it's a retreat slash educational space in California, just kind of near Carmel. No, not, yeah, kind of near Carmel, like just north of San Francisco Hmm. in the Redwoods. It's really amazing. And they do different forms. Yeah. Like retreats. So people will bring people there to, to spend weekends. It's a really amazing, it's an amazing facility. And there the, the, you know, it kind of connects to SLN and the style or the essence of why they started it. So I was just thinking about SLN somehow, right? Seconds before you said it. <laughs> well, on 1440, like the symbol, like 14, 1,440 minutes in a day kind of thing. So mm. it's, it's, it's beautiful. And so, yeah, so Cheryl, and it's really interesting actually, because Cheryl and Elizabeth had never met before, but they were, you know, they had been really close pen pals, I guess, because you know, Elizabeth was kind of the, the trailblazer in a lot of, with Eat, Pray, Love. And so when Cheryl released Wild, Elizabeth kind of became her supporter and, you know, like the person that she could go to with things that other people would have no idea about, like what it means to be a best-selling author and have her story everywhere in the world. 
yeah, so they taught a really beautiful long weekend workshop called Brave Magic. So Brave Enough and Big Magic blended together. Yeah, and it was incredible, honestly, to witness them both. Like I had also been to an Elizabeth Gilbert retreat before. So them together was really amazing just to see two really, you know, powerful and incredible and authentic women teaching together and supporting each other and noticing as well, like the different styles that come through within, you know, two women that are very different and them just kind of honoring that. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so, so powerful. So is that what gave you the foundation to write your first book? So Cheryl's retreat in Greece was, yeah. Hmm. I see. The stuff that I wrote in Greece, actually, I still haven't published because it was so intense. So speaking of intense, everything we've talked about has sounded pretty light and sweet so far. I want to get more into the intense stuff and mistakes you have made, fears that you had to face. Let's start with the area of business. What were some mistakes that you made that you really learned from that propelled you forward and created the abundant foundation for you to be able to go on retreats like you just mentioned? It's a good question. I think that, I mean, even just looking back at the beginning of Chloe's countertop, it's hard to it's always hard to see it as mistakes because I always see it like as I wouldn't, I, it was necessary. But at the time, you know, I, I was very kind of naive to just like, just in terms of like the work that I was doing for people, the prices I was charging, um, not yeah, not taking care of myself was always a really big one with business. I think as well, a big one with, with like understanding your ego and your false self and really understanding who you are and not identifying with that ego. Cause for me, a lot of like my fixation in the Enneagram, I I'm an eight, so I can be very connected to power. And so, you know, sometimes if my ego is in control and I'm wanting to control a situation, I'll be drawn to things that make me feel really powerful. So, you know, back when I was living in Dubai, there were times where, People wanted me to, you know, go to Kuwait to like set up a cafe from scratch. And I just remember thinking like, this would be really good for like, this would just look really good on my, like, it would be really good for my image. Like, oh, set up a cafe in Kuwait. Do you know what I mean? Mm So there were times on the journey where my, my ego's desire for like to seem unique and to seem really special and successful was the thing that would drive my decisions. And so what I would end up obviously doing is that it would take me on a path that wouldn't feel good. And then I would have to like back step to correct. So I think that that was a really big thing for me for the first couple of years of, of the job was like getting to the root of why I was doing it and, and connecting to that every day so that I wasn't getting caught up in my ego's desire of what it meant. That makes sense. Oh my gosh, totally. So easy. So easy. Yeah. Especially when it has to do with money or something otherwise shiny and beautiful. I think it's so important to do that reality check of does that actually feel good in my whole being? And does that align with the bigger vision of what I'm creating? Yeah. And, the, and I mean, I was also like, I look back and it's like I was 20, 22. So it's also just seeing like, the things that you do, like starting a business at 22 is, it's just, it's, you know, it seems crazy sometimes. And you, you don't, when you don't have, I think as well for me, I didn't have any mentors 
and teachers that I could rely on. And I also like to a large extent kind of parented myself growing up. So I always had to, again, it connects to the power thing, but like I didn't have the people, I didn't trust that people could support me and I didn't trust that I could, I could be supported. Yeah. So it's like, I was always doing everything on my own, like independent, got to prove to the world that I can do this. And so of course that's kind of a recipe for struggle because, you know, we all, you know, you you can't be, and I think that's another thing is like, I always wanted to come off as the expert. And so it's like, you have to allow yourself to be along the journey towards that. It's not to be the expert. It's to experience the journey of what that even, you know, represents to you. And totally. so actually don't care about being an expert because totally. you realize because we're never there. And as long as I take on courageously just sharing where we were at, I think that some people, not I think, but I know that some people learn the most because they really connect to the true space of where we're at. Yeah. So with that, what have you learned as, you know, I'm still newer to the podcast world. I've been doing it for three months now, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been, it, right now it's still, for those three months, it's been the number one most exciting thing I'm doing. And I just feel so lucky to, and grateful to be the space holder for conversations that are so moving and inspiring. And I'm curious to know, what did you learn from your podcasting journey? I think that, I mean, first of all, amazing congrats. Thank you. And it just feels, it just feels like it's, I mean, it's so great to hear that you are enjoying it because that is, the, you know, it's like so important. And I remember that feeling as well, just like the beginning where it's just so fun to connect with people and learn their stories. And podcasts are such a great way to do that, with, to connect with more and more people that are doing things that you connect with. Connection, connection. But yeah, I think that the biggest thing was to, I think, yeah, like grounding myself and allowing like what we were saying kind of before we said press record is allowing the the episodes to to take a life of their own and to like I when I first started I always had like a script and and like points and questions and then as I you know got into like the 30th 40th episode I started to just kind of like press record and let it flow and I now looking back I remember that even though those first ones were um, you know amazing and really fun I enjoy and remember the ones where I let them flow more because it, you know, and my podcast was called Conscious Conversation. So it embodied the the title and the theme much more. And I also began to enjoy conversations where I didn't try to control them. And I just kind of allowed them to, to, to go where they needed to go. And uh, it's kind of that, that piece about trusting that what's said is what's meant to be said and who hears it is who's meant to hear it. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, I hope that that's, that's helpful. That's definitely the thing for me that really stood out with podcasts. Totally. So back onto money, you mentioned that it took you a little while to really step into being in the energy of receiving and allowing that abundance into your life. So what is your relationship with money now? And what did it take for you to get where you are? Mm. So, I, I do, I love money now. Like I, I can see money as an external energy and it's an expression of abundance. It isn't all abundance. And I, there, there feels like it's a really beautiful flow. Like it comes in it, it goes out. My bank account goes up, it goes down and it's just flowing and life. There's no, 
I don't feel like I feel like money supports me in what I need to do always. But definitely hasn't always been like that. Like I grew up always being supported. Like my dad, my parents have always been well off. But we we grew up really hearing a commentary from my parents, even though we were always doing amazing things, going to incredible resorts, having everything we wanted. They would always say, we don't have money. We don't have money. And my parents have a both have a pretty you know, they haven't had a great relationship with my money, with money. My mom is stepping up and stepping into supporting herself, which is so incredible to witness her do that at her age. But for a long time, money was super painful for me because it was another way that I manipulated love. So I found that, you know, I always look with people with money. I say, what are your first three memories around money? And when I first started to do work around money, my three memories were taking money out of my mom's wallet when she was like downstairs playing piano, using my dad's credit card to buy like 20 prom dresses to get back at him for not ever seeing us. <laughs> and um, I forgot what the third one was, but yeah, like very, you know, specific things around love, essentially. So I... All I had to do a lot of work and, you know, tell myself a lot of truths around what that was and why that was showing up so that I could, that, you know, move the energy and the stories and the beliefs that were kind of really caught up in the unconscious patterning that was driving my behaviors around money. So for a long time, I was like, you know, like not paying my credit card off properly, not being responsible, like a lot of innocent and victim archetypes around money just because I had lived in this space of like anger and resentment essentially towards uh, mostly my dad because my dad was the the main breadwinner in the family and I always felt like he you know wasn't totally there for me emotionally and so I was really caught up in that story so I always wanted to use money as a way to get back at him so I would like secretly use his credit card or but he would never say anything so I was like what is going on this is never mm-hmm. gonna So that was a really, yeah, that was an interesting experience for me to also, you know, see my life and understand my story from a higher perspective so that I was no longer the victim or experiencing the story and more beginning to observe it and witness it so that I could move the energy. Mm, That's big. Whoa. Yeah. So... I have a couple of social media questions for you that we're going to wrap up with. But before we get there, tell me more about horses. Horses. (laughs) Horses are, I mean, horses are really special to me. Growing up, we have, we had a ranch just outside of Calgary in Alberta, Canada, kind of near the Rockies. And during that time was when I was really sick, you know, kind of going back to what I was talking about before. So in the summers, we would come home to Canada from Malaysia. And I had my horse, Mac, and he was like my guardian angel. Like he's one of my, he's one of my animal guides now that I work with. But at the time, like, honestly, I, it makes me emotional now. It's like, he was, he, he got me through those years. And like, when I would be in Malaysia, really hating my life, I would just like, count down the moments where I could be with him. And the thing with horses is that, you know, with all animals, but horses particular for some people is that they're so, they're massive, right? Like they are huge animals and they're so present. They're so connected to the present moment. 
they're always in fighter, you know, in survival mode. And so with that, they're just, they're, they're mirror at you exactly what you need to know and see. But being also such huge animals, they're also like the, the feeling of being held and supported by an animal that could, you know, kill you if it wanted to is so unbelievable. Like there's something so nurturing about that. So, I mean, I could talk about horses for five million years, but they, they've just had a really special place in my heart. So yeah. Yeah. Is there an episode in your podcast where you talk more about that? There is. Yeah. Cool. So if you guys want to find it. Yeah. It's with Hillary Schneider and she's um, a horse facilitation coach. Awesome. So if you guys are called to learn more about that, check that out, listen to that. So, okay. Social media questions. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. What was your first screen name that you can remember? Lollipop (laughs) Chloe. Explain that. (laughs) (laughs) We did from middle school. I think it's for like, I mean, we're talking like ICQ um, or MSN. And it actually became my Hotmail email address. Again, I'm telling you, this is one of those things about me. I have no idea. It just like popped in. I'm like, lollipop Chloe. (laughs) That's kind of how Breakfast Criminal was created, really. What was your favorite computer game growing up? Oh my gosh. What was it called? World World Rampage Tour. What was that about? Uh, It's so funny. My brother just told me that there's a new movie of it with The Rock. (laughs) It's basically like an ultimate destruction. My brother and I used to literally stay up all night long playing this game. And you like, you're like massive gorillas and monkeys and stuff. And you're just like bashing towns. (laughs) That's hilarious. A little different from what you're doing now. Yeah, totally. A little bit different. So what is the best thing that happened to you on social media? I think I'm honestly, it's just being able to voice, like voice what's going on inside of me. Like if I didn't, I'm so grateful for Instagram particularly because it's, I mean, just thinking that I've been writing, I write there every day and have most likely been doing it almost every day for six years is incredible so yeah that's I I love it for that I'm so grateful Hmm. and what role has social media played in in your life huge it's funny because recent like six months ago I was saying to my mentor that I'm not into online programs and she was like why and I was like you know I'm just like not really into it she's like Chloe you're completely online (laughs) your whole business is online. I'm like, Oh yeah. So, you know, resisting success, like kind of thing, but yeah, no, it plays a massive role in my life. Like, especially nowadays, my whole business is online and my husband and I are able to quite literally pack up our stuff and go anywhere we want to go like tomorrow, which is amazing. But yeah, connection, friendships, business clients, like everything. It's amazing. How did you get over that resistance to success with courses? honestly, just telling myself the truth and working, working with someone. So I I work with a mentor and teacher every week. I have been doing it for the past over a year and it's been unbelievable because she, you know, she just, she calls me out and she holds me in my heart herself and keeps, helps me to connect and, you know, unveil a new new layer of truth every single week. So, yeah. Mm. Awesome. So with all the areas of your life that are related to social media and impacted by it, how do you keep healthy boundaries with it and not just get lost in the black hole of Instagram? 
Yeah. I think that, I mean, the biggest thing is about being honest with yourself and noticing when you are getting stuck in the black hole. So I definitely took like when I was going through the big transformations a year and a half ago, I basically took, yeah, like a month where I just stopped going on Instagram and social media, removed it from my phone and got back into connection. So now know what that feels like so I can do it faster. I'm also, I have this, I was talking to my husband about this the other day because he was like, what's going to happen one day when like phones are no longer a thing? I'll be like, well, no problem because I'm really good at dropping things really quickly. So I find that nowadays it's, it's again, that very fast response of noticing when you're stepping into unconsciousness and just immediately responding to that guidance. So I think that that practice is, is a big one. And then just, you know, when you are getting caught up in it, which we all do, and I'm not going to pretend like I don't, to be kind to myself and recognize like, oh, okay, yeah, I picked that up again and, you know, go take care of myself. Hmm. Yeah, the thing that I do is when I pick up my phone and I know it's definitely not good for me to pick up my phone at 1 a.m. and check Instagram. Before I even go on Instagram, I pick it up and I ask myself, you know, is this going to empower me? Is this what I really want want to do? And just taking that super short moment to get clear has really helped me reduce my time on social media. Yeah, it's I mean, that's, that's huge. I, I know that I do that when I'm really on it. But I tend to sometimes fall out of that practice if it involves like that connection, it's like mindfulness, like being, it's like that perfection kind of thing. So sometimes for me, what I'll do actually is if I notice that I'm feeling any tightness, especially in my solar plexus, I find that our solar plexus tends to be the one that the, for me, especially the energy center that responds to social media. So whenever I'm feeling that tightness, I will just like delete Instagram off my phone for a day or two days. Just, just to clear that energy and reset. I love that. I've never done it actually. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's really great, honestly. And then you notice your finger trying to tap on the app, and it's mm. gone. <laughs> You're like, I'm a robot. It's really interesting. When I've done something like that, it's usually just going in nature somewhere where there's no reception whatsoever. So even if I tap on things, nothing shows up, and that's worked pretty well. Because yeah. then at some point, I just start stop tapping on them. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, because it's just, it's consciousness, right? Like you bring yourself back into the consciousness. Mm. Okay. So my last question to you, I know it's a, it can be a big one. It's about witchy. You know, you brought that word up a few times in the beginning of the conversation and it's a pretty loaded word. People Mm. may have different connotations and associations with it. So can you explain how, what that means to you and how it fits into what you do? So which Again, it's kind of this thing that started to show up very naturally and without knowing. I went to Scotland for Christmas two years ago, and there's a place called The Witchery in Edinburgh. And my husband and I went just because I thought it sounded interesting. And we went the day day before Christmas, and it had a really big impact on me. and And I took the business card. I don't even really remember doing that. And so I came back to Vancouver and met a good friend of mine, Natalie Miles, and we ended up starting a dinner series called The Witchery, which was something that we both very much just naturally landed in. So this kind of like witch theme just started to show up in my life. And as it did, 
it started to connect a lot of dots as to things that I've felt in the past and, and, and memories that I've had. And so I just kind of started to explore what that was about. Like I, I didn't really feel the resistance to the witch word in the way that a lot of people do. And I think also growing up, also always hearing my mom tell me the story about and seeing her birthmark, even though my mom hasn't always been in her center of spirituality, it's always been around and she's always talked about it. And she's always had that element of witchiness to her. So I think that when I started to explore it and do past life progressions and it just showing up in circles and also hosting my witchery dinner, which I didn't really like connect the dots around that. It just became this thing about knowing that for me, I have been a witch in my past life, several past lives. And, you know, it comes through. And But I think in this lifetime, it really is around standing and stepping into your power and, um, you know, speaking up. And and uh, and it and it connects to the psychic work as well. So and I know that very viscerally because I know whenever I've I used to do a lot of, lot of public speaking and workshops as a holistic nutritionist and never experienced this experience of when I sometimes go and do a psychic talk talk or a workshop or a retreat. I literally have a moment where I feel like I could die. It's really intense and it's like my whole body shuts down and my throat chakra feels like it's on it, like strang being strangled. And so, you know, having done work around that, it's just become really clear of what that energy is for me. And, and also why it's showing up now around, you know, I think I'm so grateful to be able to do this work in this lifetime without being, you know, burned or, or killed or shoved aside or repressed. And to be able to just say, like, I'm a psychic and that to be not only normal, but also celebrated. So I recognize the importance of that. And I'm still kind of on my own journey of really exploring, going deeper into the, the, the witch, like what the word represents within myself and also within society. But it's a theme that is always there. Like anytime I travel now, it becomes very clear the places that I'm at the witch history and like repression of women and women in their power is a really big one. So I think that the word witch embodies a lot more than just what sometimes people see it as. And I think that that's a lot of the reasons why there's so much taboo around it is because of a lot of the darkness that was, that, you know, was created with witches, not, them but you know like the the witch trials witch burning and about women see, being seen in their power and magic and mysticism so it's a really big topic as yeah. you can tell keep us posted on what you find in that word yeah so on that note as you've been so bravely expressing yourself and doing this lifetime's work is there anything else you want to share before i wrap up i think it just for the people that are listening, I think we we're always like wanting to, I think sometimes we get caught up in trying to find the right journey or the right thing to do. And for me, you know, going back to the truth of who you are, it really is about just trusting that where you are is where you're meant to be. And, and also kind of like what you and I have both agreed on is that sometimes you don't know what something is becoming, but or where something's taking you, but just like really seeing if you can connect to the joy and passion of what 
is showing up and trusting that that is enough and to be in the moment of what that feels like and what that represents. So it's so huge. That's the most important thing. And, you know, like for me, the money stuff, the success stuff like that, all that all comes and it also moves and heals and transforms continuously all the time. And so we don't need to focus and control on fixing it or making it better. We just have to be and allow ourselves to live through that experience. So, and that's what's changed my life is stopping and slowing down and allowing myself to be where I am and trust and connect, you know? So yeah, I hope that whoever's listening can connect to that because it's so important that you can, that you allow yourself to be where you are and to to feel loved, really. I felt that. That was such an incredible reminder. Thank you so much, Chloe. Can't wait to see your new website. By the time the podcast is out, it will be up. So you guys should check out closedcountertop.com. Right? You're keeping the same domain? Yes. Awesome. And if you guys listening are moved or inspired by any part of this episode, do screenshot it and tag us both on Instagram. I'm at Woke and Wired and Chloe is at Chloe's Countertop. And definitely leave a review. It really helps more people find this work and connect to the message. And leave a rating and share with your friends if you can think of anyone who can be uplifted by this as well. Thank you for listening and thank you, Chloe, for chatting with me. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and I'm so excited to connect more with you. So thank you for having me on this beautiful show. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.